Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy, the host of this show. Today I've got Tom Peavy with me as we have a very shortened edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show on this Tuesday. Beginning off here right around 4.15 today as Borgard High School uh, baseball and softball continues to be on our airwaves. Got a game coming up at 4.30 today for Borgard High School Baseball. So we'll be getting off air again at 4.15 today. Uh, since it is a short show, we will not have Justin Ferguson on today. He's also getting ready for spring practice to start. So we will have him on the show tomorrow to preview the Auburn and Tennessee game and to talk about his initial observations from Auburn football spring practice. So again, just with you till 4.15 today. If you want to give us a call on the orthopedic clinic phone line, 334 334- 887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We will talk a little bit about the beginning of spring football and spring practice. Uh, we'll also get to birthdays and sports, get to your phone calls uh, and that sort of thing. And again, if you have anything on your mind, feel free to give us a ring. Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy with you here on this shortened edition of the show. Tom Peavy, good to see you again on this yep. Tuesday. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. And uh, yeah. No, nice day outside. Little little breezy, but it's nice. It seems like your uh, your weather forecast was pretty spot Pulling on. Up. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, look at, looking forward to the show, even though it's a shortened show. Uh, I know we'll talk a little bit about uh, everything that we discussed yesterday, and probably some leading up. I mean, obviously Auburn with a big basketball game coming up very soon. Yes. Uh, Auburn taking on top five ranked Tennessee and top Bowling Arena tomorrow. Also got Auburn baseball back in action at Plainsman Park tonight against Sanford. Uh, so the Tigers tried to uh, recover from their first loss of the year, albeit against a really good team in Virginia and Jacksonville. Auburn trying to get 7-1 tonight, taking on another in-state uh, foe. There was some Auburn softball scheduling moving around as uh, they will not play their midweek against UAB this week. They'll play Troy next Tuesday instead of next Wednesday, so had that. And uh, I will say this, um, it is warm, it is still dry this weekend, trying to go to uh, Plainsman Park or Jane B. Moore Field. Uh, definitely bring a raincoat. Uh, it's supposed to rain a lot this weekend, so enjoy this uh, drier weather until we get some of uh, the precipitation in the next few days. But let's get going here on this sh- shortened edition of the show. And uh, Tom, let's start a little bit with uh, football spring practice getting underway. Uh, I know we've talked uh, some quarterback play and that sort of thing, um, and, and that will continue to be the talk of, of the town in spring and, and summer and fall and just, just kind of pencil it in for all season long. Uh, do want to note that I think that there are other uh, storylines certainly worth following, such as wide receiver play. Yep. Uh, do want to remind people not every single player that was in the recruiting class went ahead and enrolled. Cam Coleman did. Perry Thompson and Malcolm Simmons did not. So Perry Thompson and Malcolm Simmons 
will not be with the team this spring. Uh, Bryce Kane was another wide receiver that did. A lot of the defensive guys did. Demarcus Riddick, uh, Jamonte Waller, uh, Amaris Williams, the, the five-star defensive lineman. So a lot of the big guns did go ahead and enroll and are with the team this spring. But just, just want to remind people that Perry Thompson, the big five-star, obviously out of Foley, did not. And then Malcolm Simmons, the four-star out of Ben Russell uh, in Alex City, did not. But uh, Auburn, as with most teams, more than half of their guys – uh, will be with them in the spring. So with that in mind, Tom, again, let's uh, let, let's think of uh, another angle of it other than the quarterbacks. Um, what kind of questions do you have for this team in the spring? And not that they can all be fully answered, obviously, in the spring, but just outside of the quarterbacking position, what are some things that you're curious to see? Uh, the, the thing that I'm going to be the most curious to see are those new guys and how they acclimate to the college game. Uh and that's why I think it's so vitally important for those guys to be able to get here early. Um, sure, the guys that didn't, they're going to be behind a little bit. I mean, they, they'll still have their chance to acclimate to the game. But uh, So a guy like Cam Coleman is going to be the guy on, on the wide receiving group. I mean, the guy should be a starter from day one. Uh, you know, he has the potential to lead this team in receptions. I think he has the ability to potentially lead the conference or at least be up towards the top of the conference uh, if if they use him the way that you hope they will. And so with him and some of those guys in that wide receiver court, I, I want to see them, how they acclimate to the game because there have been plenty of five-star can't-miss busts, not only at Auburn but around the country. And, and so – Get them in here. Get them start doing the de-recruiting process. Uh, you know, obviously they, the the red carpet is no longer rolled out. You're you're one of the dudes now. You're going to have to get out there and get your butt kicked. You're going to be screamed at. You're gonna, just all of that stuff that is part of that de-recruiting process. How are they going to handle it? Can they handle it? Can they uh, play up to the new speed of a game? Uh, even though you may come from a place like Central of Phoenix City where, yes, you are playing some of the highest level of high school football in the Southeast. I get it. It's still different in college. And it's not just Cam Coleman, but it's all these other new guys that are on campus. Can you adjust to the speed of the game? And that's what I want to see. Now, there are battles around that I'll be curious to see. I, you know, Obviously, the defensive line, I want to see what's going to go on there. Um. Uh, I still think the secondary is good, but you've got some new faces there that you've got to figure out. Linebackers, you've got some new faces that you've got to try to figure out. And so, um, you know, there's a lot uh, there's a lot of things really that you want to look at. But, I, but me personally, I think the most important are these new guys and how they adjust to this new speed. Can they acclimate to this new speed of the game? Can they acclimate and be okay to uh, – like I said, the de-recruiting process, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, can are can are they are we going to see the first signs that these new guys are going to be good, or are we going to start seeing guys that can't and turn into the next Byron Cowart? Well, and again, Tom, that's why I said yesterday when we were talking about Peyton Thorne, I have appreciated the candor of Hugh Freeze, even if it seems to rub those sometimes the wrong way. Because if you're giving a constantly or consistently honest assessment, if you're saying this spring, man, we've got these guys in here, I think 
X position group is further along than we were last right. year. Or I think this looks better, that sort of thing. I bring it with a little bit more value than a coaching staff that never really criticized, even mm-hmm. if it is the leadership thing to do to take the blame at all times. It makes it harder to discern what is real and what's not sure. because of the coach speak and that sort of thing. For I'm also excited about Percy Lewis, the big uh, Mississippi State transfer tackle, six six three forty dude that's oh, yeah, that coming dude, on offensive line. Uh, I, I'm I'm hopeful we, we focus on the skill positions, but I'm hopeful this offensive line is going to end up pretty pretty darn good. They've got a yeah. few returning starters. They were at least better last year. Uh, same old line coach again this year with Thornton. I, you know I think that. Uh, uh, I, I think they've got a shot at being pretty good up front. Um, now, you, you get into the other stuff. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the one thing I was going to say about him, I yeah, I'm yeah. interested to see him, but he's already played SEC football. He's acclimated yeah. to the speed of the game and everything. My biggest thing is, is how is he how is he going to fit and is he going to fit into the system that they want to run? So a little bit different. Than some of than the brand new guys coming out of sure. high school trying to do this. I mean, this guy has already played SEC ball. He knows what it's all about. You know, he's not he he is a different level than Cam Coleman's and and these guys that are coming straight out of high school. But does he fit in the system? Uh, is he just a great big huge body, or is he a huge body that can actually move? And in this offensive system, they're needing offensive linemen that can move. This is not a that. Unless they just all of a sudden throw out everything that, that Hugh Freeze has ever done <laughs> in offense, which I yeah. highly doubt that's the case, you're going to have to have mobile offensive linemen because that's a lot of pulling. That's a lot of running. This is this is not Iowa. This is not Wisconsin where you just have these monster bruisers that you just kind of bulldoze yourself ahead and open up holes. I mean, you've got to be mobile. Can he be mobile because that's a – that's a lot of size sure. to be moving around. But I'm sure they did not bring him here if they didn't think right. that he was mobile enough to do what they need him to do. Yeah, no, and, and he was, if you graded out in the portal rankings, he was amongst the higher-rated uh, portal gets that they did right. that have this cycle, which also leads me to, uh, yeah, I mean, everything involving the, the new guys, and you went predominantly the high school route, so I'll give you predominantly the portal route. They're going to need someone like Trill Carter or Gage Keys, the two yeah. defensive line transfers. They're going to need them to be able to replace Marcus Harris mm-hmm. and able to add to what they already have with Keldrick Falk and Jalen McLeod and, um, and some other guys up front. So they need some of these other guys, Jaron Thompson at safety, uh, going into a room that, that lost a lot, lost Donovan Kaufman, lost all of these corners. Um, these portal guys are the guys that, as veterans, they need to be ahead of some of these other guys early in the process. Yeah, the, the portal guys are the ones that need to be able to uh, step in day one and, and be ready to play. That's why you are brought in here from the portal is that you're expected to not miss a beat. Day one, you're playing. And obviously, you know, with the guys from high school, you kind of have to – fill that out a little bit more because you just don't know. Like I mentioned, you know, can they adjust to the speed of the game and things like that? The the dudes that have played at Texas, the dude from Mississippi State, I mean, these guys know the speed of the game. This is nothing new to them. Yep. It's just a matter of can you fit into this system? Can you fit into this philosophy? Um, can you fit into the into the uh, the – 
the area of the new coaches. You're just so you're so used to what your coaches previously have done and the way they run things and the way practices go. Can you adjust to that? But yeah, I mean, as the portal guys, you're definitely you're look you're not you're not brought here from the portal thinking, hey, yeah, you're you're going developmental uh, project. You're, yeah, we're gonna, we're yeah. going to develop you up. It's like no, I mean, especially if you're coming from places like Texas, you know, right. national championship caliber teams. Uh, got a guy from Alabama. Yep. You know, you're expected to come in here and contribute, not like you said, be a developmental project. And you know, hey, we'll ride you on the bench for a little bit until we can get you where you need to be. It's like, no, I mean, you're you came here from the portal. Like, it's time to it's time to contribute. Sure. And uh, again, I think those guys. Again, if you're you, those guys, particularly defensively, are the guys that you're trying to get maintained. While you try to grow everything offensively, and you got a, long, a lot of young guys to do that. Uh, at wide receiver, um, these guys portal wise, I think are more importantly defensively. Um, Dory Mossy out of Duke at linebacker to try to replace yeah. Cam Riley. Uh, you know, I, I think that those guys are pretty pivotal because, again, you are not realistically going to get a ton of production from a lot of these freshmen as highly rated as Jamonte Waller is and Amaris Williams, and they got four or five DBs in the recruiting class. You know, you might have cups of coffee. You might have one of those guys, maybe Demarcus Riddick or somebody, be really good from the word go. Um, yeah, I remember like Owen Papo was that. I mean, he was almost he almost didn't get better. He was so good as a freshman. He right. was, was what he was, but he was really good from the start. Um, you might get one or two of those instances, but you can't fill your defense with that. So, what they've got to hope, and what I think is very important to know, is how. Um, how easily it comes to those guys uh, being in a new system, as you said, and uh, being able to fill the void of guys. You know, Auburn did, does not have a lot of pro prospects. They they don't have a lot of guys necessarily in Indianapolis for the combine this week. But the guys they do have there predominantly, well, a they're all defensively, and b they're predominantly in the secondary with three corners, yeah. uh, with Pritchett, Simpson, and James, uh, and then plus of course Marcus Harris. So that's why I'm saying, look, the defense won you some games last year, or at least prevented you from getting blown out. And this uh, this thing kept you alive in a lot of these games, so you've got to maintain that part of it because the offense does need to get better. And I, it's hard to be much worse than what they were at times. Uh, but the last thing you want to do is get a little better offensively, and then get a good bit worse defensively, and then you're right where you were, just in a different uh, different style of of six and six. But you would be in the same place if you were take one step forward on offense, one step back, or two steps back defensively. So uh, that's why I'm very much keen on seeing those portal defensive guys because I think they're very necessary to making sure Auburn doesn't suffer any sort of drop defensively with some new defensive coaches, new leadership on defense side of the ball too. We need to take our first time out of the show today. When we come back, we got a couple of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Or Again, a reminder, we're getting off air at 4.15 today. So we'll be right back after this timeout. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy and Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday afternoon. Again, a shortened edition of the show as we got Borgard High School baseball coming up at about 4.30 this afternoon, so we're getting off air at about 4.15. So with that, let's go ahead and get to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Up first today, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you this afternoon? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, do you think that Auburn is going to have a great season this year when the football season actually starts in August of this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly hopeful for it. I think that they've got a lot of work to do in the spring, as do many others, and I do think the expectation should be to improve, but where does that actually get Auburn in the win-loss column? We'll see. I don't think they'll be a playoff contender this year, but uh, they do need to be approaching around that eight-win mark here in year two. Yes, that's all, because I know the uh, season is like right around the corner. It's way out. So I'm looking at Auburn, actually the uh, finals, the final uh, prediction for Auburn. I'll probably see them 7-3 and three this year as well. Again, got to play 12, so maybe 9-3 and three or maybe 8-4, or 7-5, and four, seven and five, somewhere there? Um, I'm looking more of like 8-3. Eight, eight and three. Eight and three. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll get we'll get you there with the eight win season. Gotcha. Yes, as well. And then uh, I know it's going to be a twelve uh, a twelve team playoff. So I'm looking at Georgia. I'm looking at Florida, Texas, and uh, Oklahoma. Those four teams I would like to see play in this year's college football playoffs as well. All right, yeah. Obviously, we're going to have this uh, this bigger field this year. We'll, uh, I definitely think a couple of those teams will make it. Florida is going to have a very tough schedule. I'll be very surprised if they have a big year. But, again, a lot of those teams, I think all of those teams, you might have just named in the SEC or at least some of them. And so uh, you're going to see some of those matchups in SEC play this year. Yes, that's well, because I know when uh, Texas and Oklahoma come to the SEC, I know they're going to uh, keep – the rivalry games between Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry, they're going to keep that. And I think with Alabama and Texas, I know that's going to be a huge ticket this year because I think they're playing that game in Tuscaloosa. So that's going to be a huge, huge ticket to actually purchase as well. So if you actually see uh, Texas and Alabama, I mean, that's going to be a rematch from last year. And I think Texas actually beat Alabama, so I think Texas will beat them again this year as well. Well, this year Alabama plays Oklahoma, but they do not play Texas actually in 2024. Each league team plays either Texas or Oklahoma, but not both. So Alabama will play Oklahoma the week before the Iron Bowl this year. Okay, so this will be Alabama's first time ever playing uh, a Big 12 team in Oklahoma. Um, the University of Alabama, uh, historic-wise, I've looked at it. Uh, the University of Alabama has, I mean, this will be their first time ever playing Oklahoma. So the history between Alabama and Oklahoma, this will be their first, these will be their first time ever meeting this year as well. So there's uh, no history, you know, in, in, in Alabama's history book that Alabama actually played. Oklahoma, so this will be their this will be their first time ever meeting 
Oklahoma for this year as well. Well, well, actually, James, Alabama and Oklahoma just played a few years ago in the uh, the Capital One Orange Bowl, and uh, that one uh, Alabama uh, was able to win, I believe, forty five thirty four was the score. Uh, they've also played a few other times around the early 2000s and that sort of thing. So this will obviously be the first time it will be a conference game being an SEC game, but uh, they have played in some bowl games and that sort of thing. Yes, um, they did actually play in some bowl games, but I was actually referring to like their history um, football years um, against Oklahoma as well. All right, then. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and – and um, with that being said, I was actually in Tuscaloosa to see Auburn play against Alabama for the women's basketball game, and I thought that we were going to win it, and I was very upset on how they actually called that game as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch the end of it. I know Auburn did have a, a, a double-digit lead that they were not able to hold on to. Uh, the other week there in Tuscaloosa, which was very unfortunate. They've since gotten back in the win column since that game. But, uh, yeah, Auburn-Alabama ended up splitting this year in women's basketball. Yes, as well, because I was actually there in Colon Coliseum, and I know that um, a, lot of, a lot of Auburn fans that were very upset during the third quarter of the game, close to the fourth quarter, and they really – I mean, it, it was just all Alabama – all the way through, I mean, the referees called so many different calls that weren't even that weren't even calls. They were just making calls up as they went along. You know, as, as the game went along, they just called, you know, random calls as, as the game was like pushed along as well. Yeah, again, I, I did not uh, did not see that game. All I, all I know is the free throw. Uh, free throws there were Alabama shot three more than Auburn, so pretty pretty close there in that game. So again, I, I, without seeing it, I would not uh, know too much about how the officiating went. But uh, I know Auburn again was was definitely disappointed to, to blow that double digit lead. Yes, as well. And then with March Madness uh, selection Sunday, that's going to be coming up uh, this coming up Sunday. I'll probably see. Um, I'm I'm looking at Auburn, so I'm just gonna. Put them like on a on a thin block of ice right here because I know this is going to be the last um, end of our schedule for the Auburn women's basketball program. So I'm just going to see how they're going to do uh, with Mississippi State, and um, I, I'm just going to put them on high alert with Mississippi State. So I'm just I'm just trying to see how they're going to how they're actually going to do uh, this week with Mississippi State. So I'm going to just put them on. On uh, on a on a slow edge right here as well. I got you. Well, what else is on your mind today? Well, I'm actually uh, going to be looking at some uh, college basketball games today, and I'm actually seeing um, who I'm going to be putting in my March Madness bracket as well. So it's going to be kind of hard for me to to determine on who I want to pick and who will be my first four teams that are going to be in. And I'll probably say that uh, Iowa, I'll put uh, Iowa uh, Hawkeyes in there. So I'll, I'll probably put them in and my first four in. And um, I'm looking at Kansas will be the next team in if they win tonight. And North Carolina and Duke will be uh, the last 
for the last two that are going to be in as well. All right, yeah, I know. Uh, I know some of those teams will be vying for one and two seeds in the NCAA tournament, and I'm not not sure about Iowa and their their prospect of making the tournament. But yeah, a couple weeks away from March Madness. Looking forward to it. Yes, as well because I'm actually keeping up with a lot of uh, college basketball on the men's side and the women's side of things, and I'm actually going to be watching a great game this weekend and seeing uh, Kelsey Clark and seeing if she's going to look like she's going to make it with a, uh, with a really huge win at home. So I'm just going to see how they're going to play. And I actually have them winning the whole thing on the women's side of March Madness as well. Yeah, Caitlin Clark has been, uh, been phenomenal for Iowa for sure. It's going to be tough to beat South Carolina, though. They're still undefeated, but that'll be a very interesting tournament for sure. Yes, as well. And then with the uh, NFL scouting combine that's coming up this Thursday, uh, do you see any prospects that are going to be coming from Auburn in uh, this year's NFL Combine in Indianapolis? Yeah, there are four Auburn Tigers there in Indianapolis. DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett, and Jalen Simpson, who are corners. And then you got Marcus Harris, who's a defensive lineman. I think DJ James should be the first one uh, drafted, and I would think that would happen probably around the third round, if I had to guess. But uh, yeah, Auburn's got those four defensive players in Indianapolis. Yeah, because I think that uh, that Deion James, I think he'll be going to the Super Bowl with Kansas City Chiefs. I think that Patrick Mahomes would love to have him. And i probably see um, Anaya Pruitt uh, probably go like to the Atlanta Falcons or to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, probably like in the third or fourth round of that draft as well. Uh, yeah, again, DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett there, too, the options for Auburn guys to uh, be drafted. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Well, James, we've got to get to a couple other phone calls in this shortened show. So any final thoughts for us? Um, the only final thought that I actually have is um, for Auburn to actually win uh, this coming up, uh, I think Wednesday, uh, the men's basketball team, I think they play Tennessee. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that Bruce Pearl – is going to actually uh, make a huge win against his former uh, team that he actually coached as well. So I think this one will be a really good game for me to watch. And I do have a final score prediction for this game for tomorrow. I'll probably say Auburn uh, uh, 87 to Tennessee 23. Yeah, that's good. that one's going to be tough, but I think someone can score 87 for sure, and uh, we're certainly hoping Auburn can, can pull through on that one. It's going to be a big game in Knoxville. All right. Sounds good, guys, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line as we go right back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Again, a shortened show, so we're trying to keep all the callers rolling here. Matt from Tallahassee. Matt is with us. Matt, how are you today? Um, what's up, Tom? Hey, buddy, what's up? Got a crazy question? I don't think we got time for that today. We're 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 short show today. Well, I asked Ryan. He said you guys have it. Oh, we got to yeah, do it? yeah okay. that's the only thing we we've got to only we can only do that. Oh, hey, yeah. all right, yeah. um, all right. Well, so the so the question is, uh, when was the last time Auburn beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa? Last time Auburn beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Is there some multiple choices? Uh okay. Well, I, I have to say, I have to say, it was in nineteen. It was nineteen something. 
But no, more, more been, recent than more that. recent than that. Okay, it was in twenty something. Yes. Yep. Was it twenty thirteen? It was not twenty. Auburn Auburn beat Alabama here in the kick six in twenty thirteen. Was it twenty oh nine? No, close. you're getting close. Oh nine was here. Twenty oh eight. No, go the other way. Twenty 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 oh four. No, oh, you're, yeah, you're getting yeah. colder, Matt. Yeah. You said oh nine. Now you're getting colder. Close. It, it has to be in two thousand something. Right after after two thousand and nine. Oh, it wasn't two thousand ten. It was twenty ten. Cam Newton, the Camback. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, Auburn has not won in Tuscaloosa since 2010. Wait, I got my score. I heard James' score. I know you guys got to make it short, but my score on the game is I have to go with the score when um, Auburn's women beat Texas A.M. I'm going with that score on the game for tomorrow night. Okay, so you're going with the – the men's Auburn Tennessee score is going to be the same as the Auburn women's game that was uh, that was this past weekend. Yes. All right. Uh, and Auburn did win that one. I I, uh, I think it was a lower scoring game. I'm double checking right now. Yeah, Auburn won that one, uh, sixty or excuse me, fifty-seven to forty-one. That would be a very low scoring game. Yeah. So I could go. I could go. Uh, it was fifty. It was fifty. Fifty-seven to forty-one was that one. I got fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Uh, Forty-five. Auburn. All right. We'll see what happens. We know the the last one in TBA last year was was very low scoring. Hey, where's Brooks at? Uh, he's going to be doing some uh, high school baseball here in a little bit. Is Cam in? He is not. Just me What's and Tom today. I said, tell Cam, I said, hey, get JJ back on the show. All right, we will try to do that. All right, Warrior, guys. Warrior, Matt, appreciate the phone call. That is Matt from Tallahassee. Matt for Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We are going to go ahead to our next timeout. Still more of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line to get to. We'll get to them right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app, or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Ryan Lavoy and Tom Peavy with you here 
on this Tuesday afternoon. Again, a shortened edition of the show getting off air about 4.15 today. So let's head back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to join us today. Next up, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing fine, guys. Thanks for taking my phone call. Uh, Ryan and Tom, let's get to it, guys. Yes, sir. All uh, right. James, <laughs> I don't know what it is that you're taking or what you're on, but whatever it is, I want some of it. In fact, James, my friend, if we come anywhere near tomorrow uh, in the margin of victory that you predicted, I will personally come up and pick <laughs> you up and take you to the finest restaurant in whatever <laughs> you want to choose. It's all on me, James. Oh uh, yeah, it was eighty-three twenty-six. Or yeah, something. Like a, I mean, if Auburn is ju- if Auburn can just hold Tennessee to twenty-six and a half, I will be happy. Yes. Hey, if we hold to twenty-six and a half points for the, for the first half, I'll be happy. Yes, sir. that's right. But uh, that's that's my promise to you, James. If we come anywhere near that spread of margin victory, it's on me, man. All right, uh, move on. Uh, now I've got some bad news for Auburn listeners and fans. Uh, you probably will not like hearing this. I sure didn't. But I just saw and read on AL.com that apparently, I don't know how to, anyway, uh, Alabama has offered a football scholarship to a running back by the name of Bo Jackson. Um, we would be familiar with one of those, yeah. Yeah. I thought there was only one Bo Jackson, but apparently this running back is a 2025 uh, season uh, commitment. Uh, anyway, you He's been offered, and uh, his actual first name is Lamar. He's out of Cleveland, Ohio. They called my eye when I said Bo Jackson. He's Bo Jackson. <laughs> so that's the nickname that he's been given, apparently. Now, George has offered him something. I'm thinking, come on, uh, Auburn. We've got to at least make an offer, right? Yeah, maybe so, just for the name. There you go. Just for the name. But that Bo, I mean, you know, to have that, I think I thought that name was uh, copyright or patented, <laughs> but was it not? No, I mean again. You, people can still be still be called that. Okay, all right. Moving on, guys. Did you happen to see? Because I sure didn't see until I saw the police report uh, the last ten seconds of the Knicks uh, and Pistons game. I did see that. I did. Yeah. Was that crazy? Yeah, that was a tackle over over by the sideline. <laughs> that was, was not called. There was no foul being and people were just falling down. Yeah, it was a free for all. <clears throat> wow. Uh, and the well, uh, the Pistons coach afterward uh, was was obviously not happy, and he said we just he he was really irate, and he said we just want a fair game, and we don't feel like it's been fair, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a pretty long rant there. Okay, moving on, guys. Uh, I know we'll have more uh, more time tomorrow, uh, but I really really uh, I appreciate in fact I really like the strategy that Coach uh, Pearl today in his uh, uh, I guess pregame conference. Well, talking about tomorrow's game, that Jalen Williams may be available. Is that is that his word? Said he's, he might be a game time decision. Yeah, I like that one because now Tennessee is going to have to prepare for either him playing or not playing. Right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, that's a good one, isn't it? It, it is, but I, I'll tell you this: uh, it, Tennessee is also they're they're smart, and I mean they're going to know how to defend all of it between Jalen Williams and Chad Baker and all of it. But uh, it is, it's a nice little bit of gamesmanship there to kind of keep them on their heels. Now, I'm thinking, you know, we shouldn't play him unless he really is 100%. And unless maybe you know, if the game is that close, maybe, you know, with 
four, five minutes after the game, it's really a six-point game. Yeah, put him in. Otherwise, if we're if we can, you know, into the woodshed, then why put him in, right, guys? Yeah, I I think you want you need him down the stretch and for the postseason. If he's not a hundred percent, there's no need to have him out out there. I mean. Th- this game, the only importance this game holds is that to keep Auburn in that race for a, an SEC regular season title. But uh, there's bigger fish to fry when it comes to uh, playing in the NCAA tournament and all, and you want him healthy. So, nah, if, he, if he's not fully healthy, I don't think he needs to be out there. Well, about that, guys, how much is it important or not and factor into our seating if we beat Tennessee tomorrow night or if we don't? I mean, I, I think it's fairly significant if right. they win. Now, if they lose, as long as they're not embarrassed, it, it really right. is not going to affect them. They're on the road at a team ranked higher than them. But if they were somehow to win it, I think you'd see all those projections that have them as a four seed shoot up to a three seed. Right. I mean, I, I would I would be shocked if Auburn was not in the three line if, if they were to win it. So I do think it'd be worth a seed, and I, I do think that it would it would help more than it would to hurt to lose because, again, Auburn would not be anticipated to win. Tennessee is – uh, a higher ranked team, and and obviously the quad one games on the road are are uh, it's definitely more of a factor there uh, in the positive if you win than in the negative if you lose. Okay, and guys, uh, how familiar are you or not? Because I don't even know this guy. Maybe I should. Andy Katz. Oh yeah, Andy Katz is a, a big time uh, basketball analyst. Yeah. How how much? You know, Nigel is he, and how much uh, is he respected? Well, look, I, I know that I know what you're referring to, yeah, I and I too. and I don't agree with his assessment there. However, Andy Katz, uh, formerly at ESPN, now with CBS, he has been uh, one of the five, six, seven biggest media members of of college basketball. I would say for for a number of years. So, I mean, in general, his opinion is very respected, and he's a part of the tournament coverage and that sort of thing. So, I don't agree with him putting Auburn twenty six. I don't at all, and I know what you're referring to. But uh, in general, he is whether my personal opinion, your personal opinion, or not, he is one of the more respected names there. Okay, because I'm familiar with Nardi, you know, and Ken Palm, but I said. Where does this guy come from if he's that respected? And now the other ranking, which is to me is absurd. I mean, there's no, to me, convincing evidence that we should be ranked that damn low. But he, according to Phil Marshall, he mentioned that there were, he listed tip, top 10 games for the coming week. And guess whose game was not in that top 10, guys? Right, the Auburn Tennessee game. Yeah. How, how do you. How do you not include that game as being one of the top ten games of the week, guys? Well, yeah, well, because he obviously doesn't think that Auburn is he does he obviously does not think Auburn should be ranked as high as they are. He feels like they're twenty sixth, and I think he believes this is not going to be a game. I think he fully believes that Tennessee is going to blow Auburn out and make Auburn look like a team that should be ranked twenty sixth. And Tennessee is going to make themselves look like a, a top ten team. Well, I, I think that's just what he believes is going to happen, and so. Therefore, he's not really worried about this game having any sort of importance. Yeah, and I also okay. I also saw Steve um, uh, Jimmy Dykes tweet at him because this was on Twitter, and uh, Dykes questioned why he didn't have that game on there, and Katz said something to the effect of, I've already got another Tennessee game because they're playing Alabama this weekend. I've already got Tennessee games, so I'm spreading the love wow. is what he said. But uh, Spreading the love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd ask him, hey, man, if you think they're ranked so low, then how do you reconcile the other – Credible uh, ranking uh, uh, websites uh, as saying you're full of crap yeah. because even the NCAA net rankings have a number seven. Uh, yeah. Ken Palm has a number five uh, bracket. I mean, 
This one man's opinion, Steve. Me, yeah. Well, I mean, but why doesn't he feel, wait a minute, maybe I should rethink this, because these other websites don't agree with me. I'm not even close to what they rank at, Auburn. you get my logic here? No, I, I get you, Steve, but, I mean, you're asking us that question. That's something you need to be asking him. Maybe he can answer it. I'm not in his head, so I, I have no idea. But uh, okay. I disagree. I, I, I fully, wholeheartedly disagree. But that's one man's opinion. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion. I don't have to like it, but he's entitled to it. And yeah, but I, I don't have the answers to why. I, I really, I, I, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. Uh, I do want to get your thoughts. We'll talk more about tomorrow. But I see two, two plausible outcomes for tomorrow. One is we win. But you know what our pattern has been? I'm sticking with it for the whole season. When we win, we win by double digits. So we win, we win by at least 10 points. If we lose, then we probably will be losing by, I'd say, double digits, if not maybe uh, probably 20 points. Um, guys, do you have any other plausible outcome? Yeah, I mean, look, that's what the trend says, right? At no. some point, though, surely at some point there's going to be a, a, a close Auburn win. Yeah. yeah, a close something. Um I, and, and I know that they had uh, a couple close losses in there too uh, to Alabama, to App State, etc. Right. But, but I, I, I would tell you this, it, man. I, I would be shocked with Auburn just when, even if it was more of a four or five point game that went to twelve. I think Auburn would have to pull it out late to win. And by the other token, yes, I can see Tennessee beating them pretty good, but. Um, I, I'm I'm at least hopeful that this will be a close game either way. I, it, this would be one of the games I would think that that could they could hang around in there and not necessarily win it, or if they did win it, it would be single digits. But I certainly understand where you're going, where Auburn's yeah. not won a single digit game. So if they were to win, they'd, they'd somehow make it a little more decisive. And see, here's here's my troubling turn for Auburn. It feels like at least without just looking at the stats, it feels like that every time Auburn has a game where they just shoot lights out the next game, it's like they can't make. And they shot lights out against Georgia, and so now can you make it back-to-back weeks where you're hitting on all cylinders? I, that one kind of frightens me a little bit and just how good Tennessee is. So have your heart, have your heart medications ready for this one. Yeah, okay. So we've got two possible maybe outliers that could occur. We could break the trend of what uh, – Doing really, really good. I mean, just get Georgia and do really purely poorly the next game, or we could break that trend, right? Or we could break the trend of what? Um, winning by double digits and only win by a few points, right? Yeah, those are in play. Okay. All right. So I got guys. I got a lot more tomorrow, but I know time is way up. Yes, sir. So thank you for your time as always. My time is way up. And let's hope uh, the uh, team uh, baseball ties up. Uh, can beat UAB. So talk to you more, guys. War Eagle, have a safe afternoon. War Eagle, appreciate that phone call, Steve. That is retired and Steve joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We do just have another minute or two left in this hour. Uh, yeah, again, I the Cats thing, again, I, Andy Katz is definitely one of the most well-known um, reporter names in college basketball. He is not a bracketologist, by the way. He's not, he's not Jerry Palm. He's not Lenardi, so that's not his – specialty uh, so to speak but he's just been a college basketball reporter and analyst for uh, a long period of time and and also the same token again i i don't agree i don't think auburn is below a top 25 team i think they are pretty properly rated in my estimation i think they're a top 15 team bordering on top 10 so i I really think that they're 
about properly uh, properly rated, although the analytics still believe Auburn is a top 10 team. Uh, again, the uh, net rankings have had Auburn in the top 10. The uh, the Ken Palm has continually had Auburn top six, top seven throughout the year. So I know that is a part of the equation there analytically. So you can even make the case if you're basing it off of that uh, to be in the top 10. But I, I think they're pretty properly rated and to insinuate that they're 15 spots overrated. Yeah. And of course, I don't think either of us agree with that part of it. And Again, hopefully Auburn will can will will have a really good road contest against Tennessee, even if they play a close game. Again, that's why I'm saying the perception is that Auburn will lose this game. So if Auburn loses a very close one or wins the game, it will do them a lot of good. Whereas losing by nine, ten points, again, that's not really going to be much of a negative hindrance for them in in any way because that's kind of the expectation for them to lose and. You're not supposed to go on the road. Heck, this year, <laughs> you're not beating hardly anyone on the road, it feels like. You're especially not beating a top-five team like Tennessee, and they've been hot lately. We'll have a pretty extensive breakdown of that game on the show tomorrow. But we are out of time for our first hour of the show. Again, reminder, we are getting off air at 4.15. So just one segment of Sports Call coming up after this timeout here on the Tuesday edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second and final hour, also uh, final segment of the show, Tiger 95.9 Sports Call on this Tuesday. Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here. Again, just about 10 minutes or so left as we get Borgard High School baseball on the air uh, around 4.30 this afternoon. Also on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, we'll have Smith Station softball against Borgard. So a uh, fun little crossover there. So we'll have high school sports on both 93.9 and here on 95.9 in just a few minutes. So final 10 or so minutes of the show today. We've yet to do birthdays in sports, so let's do that right now. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here on February the 27th. James Worthy is 63 today. Former NBA forward Worthy is considered one of the great Los Angeles Lakers of all time. Worthy was selected first overall in the 1982 NBA draft out of North Carolina. 
Go Heels. I, go. I was going to let you do it. Well, I mean, you're, it, you're the UNC guy here. <laughs> I was going to let you do it. You're even wearing the UNC colors today. Yeah, it's not a UNC official shirt, but I do have a few of those. But I figured that's your team. I'd let <laughs> uh-huh. you give it. Uh, Worthy was playing around when my dad was at Carolina. Okay. Uh, Worthy spent his whole career with the Lakers. Worthy was a seven-time All-Star, three-time NBA champion, and a Finals MVP. Worthy's number 42 is retired by the Lakers. He is a member of both the College Basketball and Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. From Ashbrook High School in Gastonia, North Carolina, go Green Wave. Okay, that's a nice one. Ashbrook, Ashbrook Green, Green Wave. Wave. So James Worthy, 63 today. Tony Gonzalez is 48, former tight end in the NFL. Gonzalez is considered to be one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Gonzalez played college football at Cal. Go Bears. Before being selected 13th overall in the 1997 NFL draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, the Chiefs have had a couple great tight ends. Gonzalez would play for the Chiefs and ended his career with the Falcons. Was a 14-time Pro Bowler, six-time first-team All-Pro, and four-time second-team All-Pro. Holds the record for most receiving yards by a tight end with over 15,000 yards. He is a member of the Chiefs Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he is from Huntington Beach, California, Huntington Beach High School. Go Oilers! Okay. Okay. I like that. The Huntington Beach Oilers. So for Tony Gonzalez, who is 48 today. Anibal Sanchez is 40, former MLB pitcher. Sanchez played with the Florida Marlins and also the Detroit Tigers, Atlanta Braves, and Washington Nationals. On September 6, 2006, in his 13th career Major League start, Sanchez pitched a no-hitter against the Arizona Diamondbacks. He led the AL in ERA in 2013 and won a World Series in 2019. Uh, as most of those guys go from the from those countries, no college, but Anibal Sanchez went to UE San Pedro Alessandrino High School in Maracay, Venezuela. If they have a mascot, I couldn't find it. <laughs> Beats me. <laughs> uh, that is for Annabelle Sanchez, who is 40 today. Chandler Jones is turning 30, uh, uh, 34, former defensive end. Jones played college football at Syracuse. Go Orange. For being selected 12th overall in the 2012 NFL Draft by the New England Patriots. However, his best tenure was with the Arizona Cardinals. He was a two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, and much more. Ended his career with 112 uh, 12 sacks. Uh, fun fact, he is the younger brother of John Jones, the current UFC heavyweight champion. Oh. Uh, from Union High School in Indicott, New York, go Tigers. So Chandler Jones, 34 today. I'm going to throw one more in there that was not on the list. Chris Godwin turns 28 today, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. I felt he should have made the list over Anibal Sanchez, but what do I know? <laughs> uh, Godwin turning 28 today. He went to college at Penn State. Go Nittany Lions. Uh, where uh, he was a star there. And now with the Bucks, over 500 career catches, 6,600 yards, 36 total touchdowns, and Super Bowl 55 champion with the Bucks. Chris Godwin turns 28 today. He was a Cavalier. Okay. At Middletown High School in Middletown, Delaware. Middletown Cavs for Chris Godwin. Those are the birthdays in sports today. Again, Chris Godwin, 28. Chandler Jones, 34. Anibal Sanchez, 40. Tony Gonzalez, 48. And James Worthy, 63. One thing I meant to mention a little bit earlier when we were talking a little bit about uh, spring practice, I did want to give the spring practice schedule for those uh, that were interested. So, again, spring practice obviously starting today. They will do it again tomorrow and on Thursday. They will have a week off for uh, a very early-feeling um, spring break. I 
first week of uh, March for spring break felt early to me, but again, what do I know? Uh, and then they'll practice. Uh, they'll go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for the four weeks following spring break. 12th, 14th, 16th of March, 19th, 21st, 23rd of March, 26th, 28th, and 30th of March, and 2nd, 4th, and 6th of April, of course, culminating uh, with that April the 6th, 8th with A-Day. And I believe the spring transfer portal window opens April 15th okay. is where I want to say. So Auburn will be uh, well done with uh, spring brawl. Uh, by the 15th, and we'll get the trickling of portal guys going in and going out and uh, that sort of thing after that. But, uh, yeah, spring practice should be officially underway now. It's the 4 o'clock hour, and uh, just excited to learn what we can about the new guys, as we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, and, uh, and, and see what the coaches have to say. I think Hugh Freeze meets with the media for the first time about spring ball on Thursday, so I think we might uh, end up airing that here, but – uh, but yeah, so uh, spring practice underway. You want to you know the nerdy thing that I look for when spring practice starts? Go for it. I like to see if guys are have changed their helmets. Oh yeah, you are a big helmet guy. I, I am a helmet geek, and so you know, have they changed from shut to ride L, or from ride L to shut, or are guys wearing the Axiom, the ugly Axiom helmets? I, I, I'm always curious to see the change of that. And the thing is, there are. Twitter databases, there are guys that actually track that. And will, they will have pictures of the before, you know, from last year and to this year. It's like, uh, you know, such and such is now using, you uh-huh. know, the, the, the Ride L Speed Flex Precision. Last year they used this. And it's like, hey, okay, that's kind of cool. So I like to try to find that so that I can jump ahead of them and go, hey, by the way, if you didn't notice, this guy's <laughs> using this helmet this year. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, I love it, though. And J.J. used to be a big uh, number guy, so he'd always oh, get yeah. uh, concentrated on if anybody changed the uniform numbers right. or anything like that. Some people really care about the weight. Some guys will add eight pounds, and it'll be a really big deal for, for some people. Mm-hmm. We try to try to list it all yeah. uh, once we get all that yeah, information just, and that just, sort of thing. I but, just look at helmets and face masks. Yeah, I mean, no, I I, I like it. It's a great hobby, and I do see active on social media from time to time uh, with uh, talking about helmets and yeah. that sort of thing. So, I mean, you know, you're true to it, and you souped up that helmet for us for oh, yeah. uh, media days and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, no, that's your thing, man. So you'll have to let you'll have to let me know on that. I will not be familiar with with anything going down yeah. in, in that realm. You'll have to if I. If I see uh, is it Clint Richards at Clint that does yeah. the Auburn uniform database stuff, he's usually the first that jumps on the Auburn stuff. So yeah, you'll ha- you'll have to keep me updated on that situation for sure. But spring practice officially underway today for Auburn. They'll go three days this week, the next three days to be exact, then off a week for spring break. Final minute or two of the show today. Time for nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tonight we've got men's college basketball in the SEC. This is a good one. Number 16 Kentucky goes to Mississippi State. That's 6 o'clock on ESPN. That's going to be Auburn's next home opponent uh, here uh, over the weekend. And Mississippi State, of course, beating Auburn the first time. So State. Looking like an NCAA tournament team, they could really have confirmed that they're able to beat Kentucky in the yeah. hump tonight. Also, men's college basketball in the Big 12. Cincinnati goes to number one, Houston. Houston had a, uh, a thrilling overtime victory over top 15 Baylor this past weekend on the road. So Houston got up to number one. They host Cincinnati, 6 o'clock, ESPN2. 
Uh, you got some men's college uh, baseball. Again, number 23, Auburn in action tonight on the SEC Network Plus over, over at Plainsman Park. They're taking on in-state foe, the Sanford Bulldogs, again, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network Plus. Also, a couple movie picks for you, 6 o'clock on AMC. It's the Hunger Games. And at 6 o'clock on E, I never have once associated this movie with E. Shrek 2. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> not not what I expected to read there. Uh, and that is Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. And, again, that is going to do it for the show this afternoon. Borgard High School Baseball coming up right here at 4.30 today, so stay tuned for that. Tom Peavy. Thank you for being here this afternoon. As I and swish as my paper into the, the paper you rolled up there. Hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you again tomorrow. Yeah, man. I enjoyed this shortened show and yeah, be back tomorrow. Ready short, to go. Short and sweet today. So that will do it for this Tuesday edition of the program. Again, reminder, Smith Station softball against Beauregard over on FM Talk at 93.9 at 430. And again, Beauregard baseball coming up right here in just a few minutes. For Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LaVoy. As always, we appreciate all those that tune in and call in. Have a great Tuesday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.